The expressed views of the following podcast are those of the hosts and theirs exclusively. They do not represent the views of our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Nick Stevenson. I want to tell you about my friends over at Amity Innovations. If you're looking to remodel your home or maybe even build a new home, don't make any decisions until you talk to the experts at Amity Innovations. They specialize in alternative energy sources like backup generators, whole home solar systems, and geothermal heating and cooling systems. In other words, they create green homes. I'm talking net zero energy to nearly fully self-sufficient homes. Amity Innovations even believes that in the future, our homes will produce more energy than they use. Amity Innovations is not your typical construction company, although they have 25 years of experience in the industry. They know what they're doing, and they want to help you save both the planet and your bank account. So give Amity Innovations a call at 832-331-3580. That's 832-331-3580. Or go to www.amitybgi.com to get a free estimate. Whether you're remodeling or building a new home, call the green builders you can trust. Amity Innovations, where we create the difference. Listening to the Smells Like Middle Aged Spirit Podcast. What smells so bad? It's strong, but you'll get used to it. Now, here are your hosts, Nick Stevenson and Naomi Richardson. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you may be listening in the world, welcome to episode 47 of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. We are coming to you from the Stephen Terry Pest Elimination Studio in Deer Park, Texas. I am your gracious and humble host, Nick Stevenson, and the queen of podcast, Naomi Richardson's in the building. By now, you already know who's behind the ones and twos. The bearded producer himself, Josh Beard. What's going on, fella? What's going on? And I am joined by, I'm sorry, we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by many Middle initial L, correct? <laughs> yes, sir. Wood. And uh, the reason that uh, Mrs. Wood has joined us today, she's the co-founder of a nonprofit group called Universal Agape Love. Now, Universal Agape Love has a very uh, inspiring purpose and one that you guys know here at the Smells Like Middle Age Spirit podcast. We are definitely down with. They provide resources to, I would say, mostly women, right, who are survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. I'm assuming if a man came to you and asked for help, you guys wouldn't turn him down, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think statistically, though, you're probably dealing with more women in this uh, particular uh, venture that you've decided to to reach out to people for. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. We're all about that here. We actually have an entire section of our store uh, dedicated to domestic violence awareness, the Caitlin Strong uh, Collection. Anybody who's familiar with the show and listened frequently, they know that's a cause we can get behind. So when I was first put in contact with you by our mutual friend, Stephanie Algenbaugh, um, and she told me what you guys were having a fundraiser and help me out with the name of your fundraiser again, because I mispronounced <laughs> it. It's the country chic, chic. not country chick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> country chic, chic. Red carpet. Red carpet. Event. Okay. Awesome. Turn her mic up a little bit. <clears throat> Absolutely. Thank you. There you go. There you go. All right. It's okay. You have a soft voice. I think we have different people in this chair at all times, so you kind of have to adjust. Anyways, um, so she told me about that event, and we were hoping to get you on the show to promote that, but unfortunately, scheduling didn't allow that. 
but I told you I'm still going to share it. I'm going to post it. I'm going to get the word out there. It's something that we're excited about. We're passionate about. We want to help you get the word out. And I asked you to please come on the show. And here you are. So we thank you so much for finally joining us. Thank you for having me. What you did not know at the time (laughs) (laughs) is that your husband happens to be my superior at work. (laughs) Mm, Awkward laugh. Now, I, I have to assume you told him you were coming on this yes, podcast he does. today. Okay. So he knew you were coming, and you told, I'm pretty sure he's aware that this is my podcast. Yeah. So he's just that, he keeps it that close to the vest, man. And I'm not surprised at all. Ben is usually very to himself. A man of few words. Right. Man of few <laughs> words. If you ask him for anything, it's to the point, get it done, and have a nice day. That's right. I'll behave <laughs> myself today just for you, Nick. Hey, it's cool. As long as, you know, I have nothing bad to say about Ben. I think he's awesome. And, uh, Nobody's gonna, yeah. <laughs> nobody's gonna be able to say I said otherwise. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> Nick, Nick's, Nick's job is just riding on the line right now. So just think about that as we proceed forward. No pressure. The rest of it. No, no pressure. pressure at all. No, but I found that interesting. And you know what's funny is we'll get into it as we went over and discuss some of the details of your story. Like I feel like I became closer to Ben without him even knowing it. Like he has no, idea yet. <laughs> he has no clue. Like I like this guy a lot. Not that I didn't like him before. Yeah. But like it was a whole nother level at oh, this yeah. point. So. Um, We'll get into that because we want to hear about your story and what inspired you to start this venture uh, with a few friends of yours. So we will do that. But first, let's get into the headlines of the week. Headlines. Headlines. What it do, people? A small town in Florida accidentally sold its water tower in a blundered real estate transaction. A businessman purchased a municipal building underneath the city of Brookville's <laughs> water tower last April for 55000 What a steal. With the goal of converting it to a gym. However, um, when Bobby went to the county to get an address for his new business location, he was told the parcel he bought included the entire water tower site. So uh, Put the gym in the water tower. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Leave it to Florida be, once yeah, again. Way to go, Florida. Florida. <laughs> That's crazy. The Girl Scouts have an unusual problem this year. 15 million boxes of unsold cookies. Who'd have thunk it? The 109-year-old organization says the coronavirus is the main culprit. As the pandemic wore into the spring selling season, many troops nixed their traditional cookie booths for safety reasons. The impact will be felt by local councils and troops who depend on the cookie sales to fund programming, travel camps, and other activities. The Girl Scouts normally sell about 200 million boxes of cookies per year, or around $800 million worth. I'm going to go ahead and blame my family because wow. we haven't bought the usual 700 boxes we normally oh buy. Oh, my. Oh, my. That, <laughs> probably, is, that probably, is a lot of cookies. It's probably us. Jesus. Got to love those uh, caramel delights, baby. Mm, thin mints. Yes. Thin mints, baby. Yeah. Thin Out mints of the, in freezer. the freezer. Yes. <laughs> so I'm the only caramel delight guy at the table. That's what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. vanilla. Yep. <laughs> what? Okay. That's a whole podcast episode that it. we can have later. Yeah. <laughs> Texans are being asked to reduce their electric use as much as possible for, yeah, well, who knows how long with the uh, summer here on our doorstep. Electric demand was predicted to outspace or outpace supply um, as temperatures soar into the triple digits. Mm -hmm. Um, You can reduce your electric usage by setting the thermostat to 78 degrees or higher (laughs) is what ERCOT says. I've got to know how many people of you out there are setting your thermostat to over 78 degrees. I'm just going to let you guys guys know right now, if that's the requirement for keeping your power on, we might lose power in the middle of this podcast. Like, okay, (laughs) 
Yo. Just, just be Whoops. forewarned. Get them generators now. <laughs> Should have called Amity. Ooh. Yeah, get some gemina- generators from Amity now. Um, they say, uh, yeah, set your thermostat to 78 degrees or higher. Close the curtains or blinds and turn off Check. and unplug non-essential devices like lights and pool pumps. <laughs> And Roadcaster Pros. <laughs> like, we're, we're trying to cool ourselves off in our pools. and No, set them off. Set them off. Um, those with critical Where needs. Where are we supposed to be? This is supposed to be fixed after the winter thing, right? Uh, well, you know, it's the government. And you know, all that takes so much longer than necessary. Yeah. I'm they sorry. They got to make their money somehow. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rude. Strike one. (laughs) Those with critical medical needs should get in touch with their local electricity providers to create a plan right now in Mm -hmm. case controlled outages are put in place. So um, seriously, get on that because summer is just now starting and it's only going to get worse. So if you do have a medical need, please take care of that. Put some contingency plan in place. Um, when demand is higher than the electricity supply, ERCOT will begin its emergency operations to protect the grid from an uncontrolled outage. Um, and it will institute controlled outages as a last resort, like uh, like what we experienced in February. We're all going so. to your house anyway, since you didn't lose power that entire time. <laughs> all the airport peeps. Yeah, we're going to go to your house. Have a slumber party. I didn't lose power either. You live too far away. All right, Nick. I'm, that. <laughs> I'm just saying. You say that, but I drive here every week to do this and podcast. And we love you for it, buddy. Well, you know, if you didn't, you wouldn't have a producer. Are you going to start asking for a gas stipend? That's love. I don't know. <laughs> I, might have to, I'm, I might have to ask for a, a raise since I'm the only one over here doing this now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so the Florida selling the water. <laughs> Florida, man. What's in the water in Florida? I'm just saying. What's not in the water? So I'm assuming. <laughs> did that article tell, say what the resolution was? Like they're probably gonna have to. Guy, I mean, you're the realtor. What what happens when there's accidentally property on your property that you've just bought that? Belongs? I mean, technically, if it was part of the the plot of land and transferred over legally, he he owns it. Yeah. Fortunately mm. for the town, the guy did give it back in a deed, and I think the guy in charge of the mistake actually resigned. Mm. Which I would is, too, and yeah. seclude myself from the rest of the world. <laughs> the town is—it's a small town. There's I mean, a lot of that messing up and then resigning going he, on. He probably was a. He, never mind. I can't say that. Never mind. Man, look, no <laughs> one's perfect. Okay? If, you, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. <laughs> he gave it back. Like you shouldn't. Right. I don't think people should be so pressured these days to be freaking perfect. That's like, true. Everyone makes mistakes. Show me someone who's perfect. Yeah, that's true. I've probably done happen. the equivalent N- of Nick accidentally to be selling a water tower. Get off your pedestals. Everybody, people. everybody should strive for it, but don't strive for when you fall when you stall no. when you fall short. Don't beat yourself up about it. That sounds like that cheesy line. Even if you shoot for the stars and you miss, you land among. Did the you stars. read that under a Snapple lid? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Snapple fact. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Naomi. Uh, uh, that was headlines for the week, and those headlines were brought to you by Stephen Terry Pest Elimination, and we will hear an ad for him now. Hey guys, Nick Stevenson here. Thanks for listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. Before we get back to it, I want to tell you about my buddy Stephen Terry at Stephen Terry Pest Elimination. Now I know what you're thinking. Not another pest control business. The real pest is that guy who's always knocking on my door, leaving door hangers, and calling at the worst times of day. Not Stephen Terry. Stephen Terry lets his work and his customer service speak for itself. Word of mouth from customers that he has personally helped 
and I am one of them. Stephen Terry is always the first person I call. Whether it was the time he treated my house for ants, I haven't seen an ant around here in so long, I forgot what they look like. What's an ant? I don't know. Stephen Terry got rid of them all. Or how about the time he helped my son get rid of the pesky possums that were eating our garbage? Stephen Terry caught them and released them back into their natural habitat, and most importantly, out of my natural habitat. If you're in the southeast Houston area, that's Leak City, Webster, Clear Lake, all the way up to Pasadena Deer Park in Laporte, you've got to give Stephen Terry a call. Right now through November, Stephen Terry is offering a monthly mosquito treatment. Guys, summer is right around the corner. Do you want to be having a barbecue or a crawfish boil with the kids playing in the backyard or in the pool getting eaten alive by mosquitoes? Of course you don't. So give Stephen Terry a call at 713-477-0047. Tell him you heard about him on the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast, and he will give you half off your first month's mosquito treatment. That's 713-477-0047. Stephen Terry Pest Elimination. If it's scary, call Stephen Terry. Alrighty, you guys give Stephen Terry a call because the skaters are out there. Um, and giant ones. Yes. I had I'm one on me the other day. It you, was huge. They look like mosquito hawks. Yes, yes but yes. they're like mosquitoes. You know, it's bad when you can hear the mosquitoes sucking your blood. Yes, <laughs> like you hear the <laughs> yeah through the yeah. You hear them unwrapping the straw. <laughs> Get- <laughs> pretty bad it's pretty bad all righty well many once again thank you for putting up with this while we over here bullshit and shenanigans but that's what we do but um we we appreciate you finally joining us like i said the uh the cause of universal agape love is something we're definitely down with now it's been a little bit of an education for me over the past couple of years because i was never face to face with domestic violence i didn't experience it i didn't ever see it I'd heard about it, but hearing some of the stories, you know, when we were talking on the phone preparing for this, I told you, I figured at some point over the past few years, I've heard multiple stories of women who've dealt with certain things. And you would think at a certain point, it would just be like, hmm, humdrum. But like, I had a really hard time not being emotional, as you told me your story today, because every single time, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It just gives you this feeling like in the pit of your stomach, like no human should have to go through that. Exactly. But the fact that you did and you survived it, it's also very inspirational. So I want to talk a little bit about your story. Like, I'll tell you the same thing I tell everybody. We don't have to get into anything you don't want to. If I ask a question that's off limits, you can say, "Ah, I don't want to talk about that and we'll move on. Um, So no judgment zone. There shouldn't be any surprises. We did talk ahead of time. I don't think I'm going to ask you anything that... Uh, we haven't talked about already, but I may something may pop up that I forgot to ask, and if it's, yeah, if it's out of out of out of the realm of your comfort, then we won't talk about it. Um, but I want to give everybody a little background about why this cause is important to you, Absolutely. and um, so let's establish many L your help me pronounce your maiden name. It's Bodice. Bodice. Yes. Okay, many L Bodice <laughs> <laughs> was born in Baytown. And raised in Dayton. Yes, sir. All right, that's in my notes here. So, um, <laughs> talk about talk about your life growing up. At first, uh, do you remember living in Baytown? How long yeah, were you there? Actually, um, I was there from birth until the fifth grade. Uh, the neighborhood was getting a little bit rough. Yeah. A lot of drug deals going on, things of that nature. Right. Parents said it's time to get out, so we moved to the Boondocks. Going to the country. <laughs> yeah. Going to eat a lot of peaches. <clears throat> there we go. <laughs> For sure. So you go to Dayton. Yeah. And how old were you when you moved to Dayton? Um, I was uh, attending the sixth grade when I moved to Dayton. 
Okay. That's yeah. a tough age for that kind of change, too. Good Lord, yes. It was a culture shock, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I bet it was. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as a kid, all the way through high school, you were in Dayton. Yes. Okay. And at various points from childhood all the way to, I guess we can call it young adulthood, yeah. you would had experiences, run-ins with either some type of domestic violence, um, physical abuse, and even sexual abuse. Yes. Um, and so those were things that you had to deal with all the way up until being of high school age. Yes. I think you said uh, it was your junior year in high school that yes. you became fostered. Yes. Okay. And who was the foster family that um, took care of you? So, uh, well, I still call her sister Carol or Nanny. <laughs> uh, she was a foster mom of mine, and she was actually a pastor out in Dayton. And she took me in, and they showed me what a loving home was and adopted me, and they still talk to me to this day. So I was really blessed in that misfortune. That's right, sure. right. Yeah. Because at the time, um, I'm assuming that uh, because you left your, your home mm-hmm. and from your family, there probably wasn't a lot of support for no. you for coming in from that from that direction oh yeah absolutely not it was something that was um not discussed uh with church family on my mom's side or through family family our family inner family is actually very ignorant to what was going on at home as well so um very old school mentality keep your family business within yeah, your family because right. ignorance is bliss right, right? yeah right. yeah unfortunately yeah. so exactly. that is the unfortunate truth for a lot of people so yeah. I think there's going to be some people listening to this who will probably be able to identify with that and and know what you were going through. So can you tell me a little bit about what the effect of going from that toxic environment to a more nurturing environment, how what it had on you initially? Uh, so initially it was really rough because I got to, so <clears throat> the pivotal moment that actually threw me into foster care, um, I went back to school with, uh, black eyes. Uh, the whites in my eyes were black. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody pretty much knew my business cause a week after missing school, I'm still messed up when I go back. Um, so I got to go back to school and experience that and homeschool, uh, foster care was notified from a neighbor, actually a good friend of mine, um, called and reported it and was the one rightfully so exactly. Um, I respect them for that and still love them for that as a hard decision to make, um, as a parent and adult to make that phone call when you see something, not knowing how it's going to affect a child. But in my case, it worked out in my favor. Um, but <clears throat> things were rough and then I had to go to a new school with black eyes still. So I got to leave my old school jacked mm-hmm. up and go to a new school messed up. You know, um, <clears throat> it was a really hard adjustment. There was no family to reach out to. The people that were friends didn't know the situation. Um, and the year prior to, I had lost my very good close best friend, um, one of my only really good friends that knew about my home life, I lost her suddenly to a brain aneurysm. Oh my gosh, that's mm. terrible. Um, so I lost my only confidant as well, S- right prior to the event. Um, so it was a lot of adjustment. There was nowhere really to turn to, um, having to deal with not understanding why you can't see your family. Um, also dealing with the fact that you still love your family but you're scared to be around them. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. very, uh, it's a very tearing feeling as a Absolutely. child. Um, 
then you don't want to speak bad on your family either. Yes, you know, even still not. presently as an adult, you know, you don't like really sharing this story because you feel like you're outing your own family and you love mm. them, you know, in spite right. of it. Conflicting. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I did notice in my notes here a small gap. So I want to ask you, um, as a teenager, you said you were junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, once you finally got into an environment where you weren't abused um, and you had this uh, nurturing environment that you were in, was there still, did you feel like, you know, teenagers react different ways? Did you have a rebellious streak? No. Nope. Did you see it as an opportunity to walk the straight and narrow? And I, I viewed it as, it wasn't even so much of how I could view it at the time mentally. It was just accepting it for what it was, which was a breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just the simplest way to put it was a chance to breathe and a chance to evaluate and um, realize what it was to not have to come home and have a bad grade or because of being stressed out from the home life and being punished severely for it. Right. Things of that nature. Um, still going out and having family time in spite of the fact that, um, you know, you made a bad grade or did something bad. It never affected the love right. that was there. It was unconditional. Mm. So, um, man, it was just a blessing. Uh, I viewed it as a blessing. I mean, in spite of the fact I had nowhere to turn, uh, family hated me. Um, I knew there was the worst places to be. Um, I actually, I was going to be brought to Galveston, um, where the CPS facility is there. And after I was in foster care within a limited amount of time, shortly after my arrival with my pastor, I had seen a news flash come on about the Galveston area, about where they keep the foster cares there. And somebody had just been arrested for sexually assaulting the foster care kids. And I had realized at that moment, you know, that could have been me. Yes. I mean, I could have had a lot worse. So I guess I always just learned to be thankful. Absolutely. You know, that that yeah. system could definitely use a little bit of um, looking into. That's no lie. Yeah. I, I know some good people who have lost their kids mm-hmm. um, for nothing, for nothing, yep. for nothing, because because a neighbor didn't like some decision that that they did and their kids were taken away from them. Now they eventually got them back, mm-hmm. but that was after like eight jumping months. Jumping through hoops. Yes, jumping through hoops and the kids were never the same. Yeah. Like yeah. this mom that I know is just absolutely heartbroken and she can't, she can't fix, she can't yeah. fix anything. She doesn't know what to do and it just, it breaks yeah. my heart. Yeah. That that's, should be a last resort. That's the dilemma for making that phone call yes. is because yes. you wonder, am I going to be doing more harm than good? Exactly. Yes. And I, I guess, like you said, in your situation, it did more good yeah. Yeah. Than, than harm. And that's, yeah. uh, you hope that that's more times the case than not. Yes. But it is it is the very difficult war within yourself when you yeah. feel like you might need to make that phone call. Yeah. And I did end up having to go back. Um, they had the, I had the option of uh, pressing charges and, or going into a foster care facility because I was too old. They said it would have taken too long for her to legally adopt me. Okay. So my option was either go to the foster care facility or go back home. So I went back home. Yeah. So, you know, months after the event had happened. You went back home with them knowing that someone was trying to adopt you? That must have been tough. Um, Yes, I was no longer, they didn't want me speaking to them or anything. There was a lot of animosity there. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. couldn't even imagine so, being in that environment. Yeah. With the it lack of support and love that you had in your own family, can you talk a little bit about your desire to have your own family and start anew? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so growing up, 
um, one of the rough things I think was worse mentally mm-hmm. um, was I wasn't permitted really to cry. I wasn't permitted to um, go to my room and sulk. Um, if I had got a spanking, um, <clears throat> we had to sit there and act as if everything was fine. Wow. Um, this is yeah. a, a lot of different kinds of abuse going on. Oh, yes, on. yes, a lot. And, um, and it was a generational issue, too, as an adult, I realized that. I, and I can understand that, but... Oof. But still. Yeah. 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 So, for me, that was the hardest thing, and I would always revert back to my safe place. My safe place is, I even wrote it in my diary, was that I would always tell myself one day I'd be, I'd have my own family, mm-hmm. I would have my own loving family, and no one can hurt us. And that was my cling to happy spot when I wasn't permitted to cry and I wasn't right. permitted to show emotion. You must be mentally capable and very strong it to hold on to that ideal while you're going through yeah. all of this. And good for you. I mean, there's so many women out there who don't have that kind of mental aptitude no. and fortitude so no. good no. on you Thank that's you. yeah that must have been incredibly difficult yeah. Yeah. i think that's the experience of a lot of people who don't experience love in their family growing up they say well i'm gonna do it better yeah i'm gonna i i'm gonna learn from it i'm gonna i'm gonna create a family that everybody loves and supports one another and that's no one right. hurts each other now you've just got even more love to give that's right, right. <laughs> and that's, that's right. a very that's a very beautiful and noble thing the problem is, mm-hmm. is that oftentimes those people don't recognize what real love is That's right. because they've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes those people will end up moving on to more of the same exactly. in search of what they are hoping is going to be exactly. what they've always wanted. Or just giving everything just to have it right. at a total price. Yeah. yeah. Which was Ignore. what I did. Yeah, I wanted to get into that. Yeah. At um I believe you said age twenty one. Yes, sir. You met uh the man who would eventually become your husband. Mm-hmm. And I believe you said he was twelve years older than you. Yeah, twelve years my senior. Okay. And so when you met this person, you probably had all the thoughts in your head about this is the person, oh, we're gonna yeah. start a family. Yeah. Talk talk, talk a little bit him. about that. <laughs> you were gonna fix him. I was gonna change oh. the world with this one man. You know, um, I and you know, in self reflecting back, I feel like the biggest issue in that was a man that was damaged, um, needing control, and a woman that was broken, way too willing to give it. Right. Um, so it was gasoline and fire. Um, you know, and that's what it was. It was we got married at twenty one, and I said, okay, this is who I'm gonna be with and I got a lot to give so he's gonna love me right you mm-hmm. know um he has so much he's been through and I'm gonna make it right right I'm um, gonna <laughs> go in there and fix all of it uh he yeah. had issues with his kids and I was like we're gonna fix that issues with baby mamas ex-wives I'm gonna fix that I'll yep. I'll fix it all I don't care you we know? got this we got this I'm a <laughs> no. superwoman and you know but then it just it it it, it cost me you know, um, it became to where it was, um, what can I give to make him more happy? And it became to where it was, um, oh, let me change my makeup because he doesn't like my makeup. He says I look like a clown. <laughs> oh, I'm a little chunky, so let me lose a little bit of weight. Oh, well, now I'm too old to wear this or too young to wear that. And this makeup is either too much or too little. And I talk too much or I don't talk enough. The bar was always being moved for you. Always, constantly over the eight years, and to the point to where I said, forget it, I won't go anywhere, Um, we'll stay home, and I'll just 
if that's what it takes to have a happy home life, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's what I did. So it's so, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so difficult for me to believe that so many women fall into that. Yeah. And I get it because you're just like, you've got this ideal and mm-hmm. you're just going through the motions and you, it doesn't happen all at once, but day by day by day, you're just slowly slipping and giving a little bit more of yourself. I call yeah. it the slow whittling away. Yeah. yeah. I, I bet yeah. that's exactly but what many, it feels like. It's honestly what you were conditioned for. Yes. Growing yes. up in childhood yeah. because exactly. you didn't know what real love meant. No. You didn't know what it looked like, what it felt like. I knew what it was to <laughs> give and for right. it not to be accepted. And mm. I was yeah. That's I was the giver. I'm still am a giver. So <laughs> I didn't let it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but yes. it, there's a two way street there. Got my boundaries now. <laughs> yeah. Good so for you. you mentioned that you ran into a person who was broken yes. yet needed control. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to get into the devices that he used to so, keep control over you? Absolutely. You know, and it's funny because I didn't touch on this in our conversation prior to, but over the eight years, you know, you in a domestic violence situation, there are times when you do get enough gumption to stand up for yourself. You're going to mm-hmm. make a change. Right. And that did happen a few times. Um, but one of my things was, is he liked to throw other women in my face. So one day mm. I was like, I'm going to go work at Hooters. Right. <laughs> he said, no, you're not. I said, if you can spend our money there, I can go to work there. there you no, go. you won't, because I'm not that kind of girl. But I did. Right. And, you know, and as soon, he started acting right about a year. And then as soon as I quit, same routine again, oh. you know. And it was a lot of times where I did try to leave. And I did try to make a stand and make up for myself and appear a strong woman enough to get that respect. And it's exhausting. It yeah. just every time you have to get it t- every time that you do it, it takes even more and you're pulling from a place you don't have anymore right. or a place do you it. don't even want to pull no. from. You don't want to go there. No. That's no. so unfair. Yeah. And uh, so it got to where um, after I'd quit working, um, which he didn't want me to work, um, didn't want me to work or go to college. He didn't want men messing with me. Mm. So, um, of course, he's, he got his education, though. That's, yeah, he didn't yeah. want you to have any more power than what you <laughs> yes, already had. Yes. Yeah. And so it had become little things like, oh, my husband's bringing Patron home every day from work. So that was something that was cool. But then I had realized it had gotten to where he wouldn't drink. And he would say, well, you're not drunk enough yet. He would lay down and then come back to see how drunk I was and then tell me if I needed to drink more. And then after that point, then it was like, oh, well, let's do sleeping medication on top of it. And I'm like, but what's, I mean, I know now that it's a bad combination. Yeah. But back then I was like, that's stupid. Why am I going <laughs> to get drunk off Patron just to go take a sleep right? pill? Right. You know? And a lot of that, too, was um, to try to make me pass out so he could take advantage. Oh, um, my gosh. So after that had stopped and it come to a fail, that wasn't working anymore then uh, methamphetamine was brought into the house. Oh, my. Yeah. No. And uh, that was a cycle. Um, you know, let's be just direct and kind of hard about it. They're called carpet pickers. I don't know if you've heard of that terminology or not from people that. Today is the first. Okay. But you can explain. <laughs> so yeah. they say that when people are so strung out, you go looking for crumbs. Basically. Right. Out heard. of your carpet, wherever you can find it. And that's the part of addiction, which it had me. And, um, to the point to where it was no longer an addiction to me, to me, it was my solution to disappearing. Um, so not only was it being given to me from him, but in a way it was helping me commit suicide without actually 
pulling right. a gun out. And I had settled to that, you know, and that was something that I had fought with, but it had gotten to where I had actually been flushing it the last couple of months of our marriage. And he didn't know that. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> before you get to that, I want to reiterate something you told me when we spoke earlier. So he introduced these things to you yes. all the way up to methamphetamine. Yes. And you said earlier he wasn't drinking. It got to the point he wasn't using the methamphetamine either. Yes. He was strictly introducing you to you for the purpose of stringing you out. Yes. That way he could control you. Yes. That's a level of disgusting yes. that. And, I te- and you know what's funny is I tested it out. I tested out that theory. I started to catch on to it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had noticed that was linked up a lot with his sexual needs. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I would get too tired... I would, cause he would, st- he would be like, okay, I'm not going to give it to you no more. It was a way of controlling me. Right. And I started to realize that. And so I, so one day I acted like, Hey, I really, you know, I'm interested, but I'm too tired mm-hmm. to see what he would do. And he had found a stash that had been missing for ages all of a sudden. Oh, right. Magically. Wow. wow. And as soon as I realized that I was just like, you turd. Wow. <laughs> well, once again, I mean, back to your mental fortitude, like I don't think. I don't hear that kind of resolution from many domestic abuse victims. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of goes a lot darker than that. So I am. It's trippy that you almost, because a lot of women don't recognize what they're in. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you recognized it, but you were trying to find a way to navigate. Yes. And, and, and survive. Through and then it. you probably get these feelings of like guilt, like, oh, no, that can't be it. Like, oh, I, exactly. I, I'm so terrible for even thinking exactly. that, you know, yeah. well, I mean, because I don't want to see I naturally want to see the good in everybody. Oh, I, I get you. I'm, I'm right there with you. And yeah. so I feel I feel like a horrible person thinking these things, right? you know, and it's like, well, am I crazy? Because obviously I'm being gaslighted already. Mm. Yeah. So um, it was like and then he would play tricks too, like hide, but hide a drink that I know he brought home just to play with me to where I'd be like, wait a minute, where's my drink? Oh, well it's where you put it. I did. Oh, I you're saw losing you walk- your mind. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, wow. It become like That's that. insane. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy. <laughs> wow. So you mentioned that you began flushing this stuff. So he's obviously not watching you <laughs> obviously <not>. do it. <laughs> so you start flushing it. When you do that, do you have to like pretend to be high? Like I don't, to be so, honest with you, I don't know what a methamphetamine so what high did, looks like. So actually, so. well, you have energy. And even okay. if you stop using and you can do enough just to where you are functioning, um, a lot of people that deal with addiction with methamphetamine actually kind of use that as a crutch to wing themselves off. But right. it actually backfires a lot because it's just too much of a demon to wrestle like that. Yeah. Um, but... I would just tell him that my tolerance was built up and it wasn't working like it was. Right. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. It's just not a good batch. <laughs> right. So right. you begin sobering yourself up yeah. unbeknownst to him. Yeah. Um, did you start doing that with the intent of leaving? Um, I at that point making any kind of solid plans was a lot too much for my emotional status and also for my anxiety level. So I just started making plans for things immediately right um things that i i wouldn't overwhelm with myself with processing too much at once and making too many plans at once yeah. so at that point it was like sobriety it's a necessity i've got to have it if i want to survive or do i want to die and at that point it was like i've got a kid my son's autistic and um mom knows I know all he, you know, I know every little motion and every, all of his needs without him even saying anything. And he needs that mom, you know, and I don't want my kid to be in this situation and not to have nobody to talk to. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
what I asked you this question when we were talking before, and this will kind of link to what you're doing now. What resources do you wish you had at that time that just either you didn't know about or just were not readily available to you? I mean, honestly, I wish I wish that um, maybe the teachers would have noticed a little bit more during school. I, I was um, blessed to have really good teachers out in Dayton, though. Um, they were all kind of went the extra mile, but I wish they did kind of notice a little bit more. Um, I wish the church life, um, my church family would have noticed. Um, they didn't, you know, dad's not coming to church, mom's bringing us. Um, you would have thought that the way that our demeanor was or staring at the floor and not wanting to make eye contact, things of that nature would have been giveaways. The signs were there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as education, people need to be educated on it. So I wish they were. And then on top of that, the biggest thing is I wished that I knew somewhere to go or someone had been through it. And or even if they didn't go through it, they could empathize. And I could sense that genuineness because everywhere I went, there was no genuineness. There was no care. I was just, are you crazy? Are you like, oh, you were abused? Are you seeing orbs? Are you talking to people? You know, these are the kind of things that you get when you're, you know, when you've been through that. And it's like, okay, I'm done with this. (laughs) Wow. You know. And those responses can rub off on you. And. Make no mistake about it. Any response like that, if someone comes to you for help and you deflect and you try to find all the reasons why what they're saying is not valid, um, make no mistake about it. That is victim blaming. Victim blaming is not always pointing the finger and saying this is your fault. You can imply through your actions that it's the fault of the person who's going through it because if you'd have done something different, well, if you hadn't taken the drugs, well, if you hadn't been drinking... Well, if you would have been coming to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. those things, like I said, it's not physically saying this is your fault or pointing the finger and saying this is your fault, but it's implied and it's basically what it amounts to. Yeah, exactly. It's I victim mean, blaming. And you, when you're exactly. a victim and you're being blamed, you start to believe that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't I mean, wanna, yeah, go ahead. You Sorry. don't want to talk to nobody. It's all your fault. You're the problem. Right. So you just go back to your corner and shut up. Yeah, and how many people do we know that are like, oh, well, you know, I don't like asking for help or I'm afraid to ask for help. It's a lot of people out there right now, and they're just so afraid of the backlash or what other people are Mm going to think or say about them, and it's so unfair. Well, and what's sad is it's true. Yes, Because there's too many times that people have tried to get help, and it oftentimes made things worse. If you need help, ask for it. And if someone asks you for help, don't be a dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about the case Empathize. of... I yeah. think about in the case of Caitlin, who was in episode 16. I mean, she, f- after years, finally reaches out for help. And unfortunately, most of the people in law enforcement are buddies with her abuser. Yeah. So her uh. going, reaching out for help did nothing. And as a matter of fact, it landed her in jail and possibly losing her own child. Mm-hmm. Just And this is a woman who was nearly choked to death in front of her child. And she reached out for help, and it didn't go well. And this is the reason that women don't reach out for help. Statistically, more women are either violently hurt or even, unfortunately, murdered after they've left, after they've asked for help, after they've brought it to the attention. Um, because as, as just as a society as a whole, we got to work on a better um, response to that. And I think that's one of the reasons you started the organization that you started. Now, before we jump ahead to there, um, 
you, obviously you're not married to this guy now. <laughs> no, I'm not. So what was the breaking point and how'd you get out and where'd you go next? So the breaking point for that was actually, huh, it was unexpected. I'm glad it happened now. Um, so I woke up one morning, this was after I'm getting myself sober and I was told from him, he was taking my son to a doctor's visit and I encouraged my son to go. My son was kicking and screaming awkwardly. And um, your son is autistic. Yes. Um, a lot. And I'm like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. You're just going to the doctor. I didn't know that that was a day that he had set aside to initiate and start everything to serve me papers um, to do my hair follicle test, all that was ordered the same day. Um, my car was voluntarily repossessed that he had. I had no access to funding. Um, I had no family to go to, no credit cards, no cash, no food, no car, no phone. He took my phone that morning as well. And um, I was stranded out in Cleveland. So what was he doing? Was He hit him. Um, I, hate even, I hate even talking bad about him even though. Um, there was another woman involved. And he had him at her house. And so I had to deal with being freshly sober, with not knowing where my child was, um, not having food, not having job, not having nowhere to go. Um, man, mental. If there is a prime bad. time to have a relapse, I that would have been it. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. That's why I didn't. I'm stubborn. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you're not going to get that satisfaction. I don't. I don't. I don't think I could have done it, honestly. No. I, don't, I don't think I could have. Uh, you know, um, I didn't think so until um, you you realize how much rage you have inside of you for the things that people do, especially whenever you, all you're doing is trying to act on love and live your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, the only thing that got me through was realizing, and I always thought this way, um, no matter what anybody does to you, you can't control it. Mm -hmm. But I can control me. And I can control how I process what you did to me. Preach. And I refuse to let something some hateful person did to me win. Right. I'm not doing it. Good for you. So, I mean, for me, that's why I had to. I had to. Because if yeah. I didn't, they won. And if they win, then what am I doing here? I'm not going to do it. Yep, you're exactly yeah. right. When you're in a situation where the person who's caused you the most hurt and anguish and pain, we'll call them the bad guy, when it seems like the bad guy's winning, you do have that moment where you stop and you say, this, this can't be the way this goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the universe doesn't work like this. God exactly. doesn't work this way. Exactly. There's no way in the world. I've done nothing but tried to be a good person exactly. out of, out of the goodness of my heart, loved this person, given up everything. There's no way in the world that this is how this ends. Exactly. And that's what keeps you from falling off the deep end. I know oh, yeah. that from experience. I've and been I, there. You know, and I did. I actually, you know, I think I told you I'd try to commit suicide. Yeah. And um, so at that point. So this was around the time that he had taken your son? Yes. Okay. And um, actually, that was a different time. I tried another attempt. There was a friend of mine who actually had bad social anxiety, um, major PTSD and things of that nature, never left her house. And whenever he did take my son and he did hide him, the funny thing was funny. Um, he had called me and I was always, always asked to talk to him. He would never let me talk to him. And he said, well, don't do anything stupid, Minnie. Don't kill yourself. Oh, wow. Right. And I was like, <laughs> and so that night, um, like I said, the friend that never leaves her house 
never ever leaves her house. Um, she, I had made up my mind that day I was going to kill myself, and I was going to walk out in front of the, you know, eighteen wheeler. Had a note written somewhat. Um, had my, I had a permanent marker. I actually wrote my husband's phone number on my arm and put husband, put his name, put my parents and their name, and I was prepared. Wow. And I go to walk out the door, and that friend that never leaves her house showed up randomly and she looked at me and she's like what are you doing and i'm like what are you doing here yeah yeah Yeah. that's crazy i mean if that isn't so i'm not that's why i say i I got goosebumps i know i get to (laughs) and you know that's why i say i'm blessed in my my misfortune you know that's a a great way to look at it i mean well i don't care what your faith is in if it's universe if it's positive energy versus negative energy if it's good versus evil, God versus the devil, whenever things like that happen, you get this great sense that something bigger than you is taking place. Yeah, there's like a light shining on you. Man, yeah. good, nowhere. good on your friend. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. What went through her mind to get her out of her house that day? Yeah. Like, yeah. crazy. I was like, she literally was very, very scared to leave her house, did not leave her house at yes. all. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So. So. He initi- initiates this separation. Yes. Um, and I believe, you You know, you said you didn't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to go back to live with your family. Yes. So you went from one abuser to another. Situation, for- yeah. Former abuser. Yeah. Um, and still you heavy. were there for quite some time. So what was that environment like? So... Um, it's a very controlling environment. You know, me and my sister actually came back home at the same time. I came back from my situation and she came back from her situation with a black eye. Also mm. pretty, <laughs> wow. I mean, it's not funny, but it is, you know, two sisters back home and we were roughing it together. Right. And, um, but we had, my sister was in her forties and we had a 10 o'clock curfew on the weekdays. Um, it's a very controlling, um, a lot of walking on eggshells. A couple of different incidences happened at that time as well. Mm-hmm. And I had ended up in back in another abusive relationship. Um, someone I felt safe with, you know, and knew in high school. And um, I ended up back in that same situation. And lucky enough, I had a friend that actually works with me now. Um, her name is Wendy Soliday. She saw the situation and was like, you're moving in with us. And I was like, I don't have a job. I don't have a money. I don't have money. I don't have a car. And she's like, here, we got you a brand new phone. Here's my husband's keys to his vehicle. You can drive his vehicle. It, you know, whatever you need to do, yeah. do it. Wendy Soliday is going to be a key figure in this story. <laughs> um, yeah. You mentioned that she helped you realize that you were in something that you didn't realize you were in. Yeah. Do you remember what that was we were talking about? Um, for that, that was in an actual a current abusive relationship. I right. didn't realize that that was abusive. Um, I was so eager to get back into another sense of security mm-hmm. after that relationship. And it was somebody I knew from high school. And they're like, don't worry about working. Here's my card. Here's my truck. Da 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 da. And as soon as I started trying to do a little bit more with myself, it was, I'm going to call the cops to come get the truck. Um, yeah. It, um, I had actually been, he wanted to discuss something with me and rather than me discussing it in front of my parents and them seeing, we went to a motel to discuss it, um, took my phone and wouldn't let me leave and actually, um, you know, assaulted me and she showed up at the motel to try to wow. help me get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but what you, what you were in unbeknownst to yourself 
Yeah, I didn't. You were in a cycle. Exactly. <laughs> you kept going. Into the same You were stuff. escaping from one thing to go right into exactly. essentially the same thing. Exactly. And um, why does why does that tend to happen? So I hear that a lot with, you know, abuse victims or victims of just about anything. They go into a cycle of whatever their abuse was. You know, I've come to realize, too, I feel like personally through work, what I've seen women were so eager to find that again, especially coming out of that. And I believe that there are, there are, there are people that are around you that are not good people and we don't realize it because they're good guys, right? They're good guys. Mm -hmm. So you feel like you can talk to them, but not all good guys equate to good partner. Mm -hmm. And, um, they're hearing you vent about all this and what somebody who's a predator like that, what they hear is what you'll put up with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And mm. you're given on the playbook. Mm-hmm. They're taking inventory. So it's just yeah. it's just people just preying on yeah. on. Yeah, this is the people, yeah. and this is why, you know, we've had this conversation on this show before. A lot of the mistake a lot of women make is airing their grievances out in public. Now that we have social media, um, they air yeah. their grievances out, and one of the problems with that is is by doing that on such a on such a public platform you're almost advertising to the rest of the douchebags out there exactly. who prey on they because they know how easy it is. If they show you just the smallest bit of kindness, that's something you've never experienced before. Yes. Oh, yes. And all it takes is just a little bit. Oh, he's, he's showing interest mm -hmm. in me. And you know, like you talked about this gentleman who, you know, take my truck, you know, he's offering things and it's all well and good when you need him. But this, yeah. the moment that there's the slightest chance of any type of independence separate from him, yeah. that's when it becomes a problem yeah. and that control factor. And obviously leaves. it's not just women, men and yes. children and every, Absolutely. everybody. Yeah. But this is why the number one thing that I preach and which you obviously had to discover is that the amount of, um, the amount of equity that we place on ourselves based on how other people view us versus how you value yourself. Yeah. When, your self-worth comes from with, from within, from yourself, then it doesn't matter what amount of attention you do or do not get from the outside world. Exactly. It doesn't matter if someone tells you that you're stupid, someone tells you that you're worthless. Once you've got that within yourself, none of that matters, and you're going to stop attracting those type of people because they recognize it. Mm -hmm. Men who prey on weak women recognize a woman who they're not going to be able to control, yep. and they will give you the time of day. And good men who are looking for that type of woman, that's when they begin to notice you. Because, Josh, we've had this conversation. If a woman's airing all of her grievances about everything that this and this person, all the things that she's put up with, abuse, cheating, when a woman's out there airing all that in public, any good man is honestly going to be like, yeah, I don't think I want anything to do with yeah. that. I'm because out. you, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know that, right. You know that that comes with baggage. some baggage that you're, that yeah. doesn't, isn't going to have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's that's a tough lesson to learn in life, and especially it's one you had to teach yourself because you weren't taught what love feels like no. as a child. You weren't taught what someone who really is caring about you and interested in you, you weren't taught that, what yeah. that looks like. You weren't taught to love yourself. Yeah. You had no reason to love yourself at that point. Loving yourself was selfish. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. And you were a giver. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you wanted to be. <laughs> exactly. And that's what you were. So... This, um, I mean, I, Wendy, Wendy Soliday, and we're going to name off some of the other people that you started Universal Copy Love with, but that was, and when I was asking you these questions and, and hearing your story, that was a very central figure. I said that she's the hero of this story. Yes. Um, even though she doesn't wear a cape. <laughs> so you're finally in a, once again, 
I think we established that your foster home was a loving, nurturing environment. Yeah. Wendy's home was a loving, nurturing environment. But even then, still, you could not escape <laughs> this cycle that you were in. Yeah. And um, if you want to give us some more details on that. So I had um, my divorce was finalized um, the month that I had moved in with her out in Crosby. And just a month afterwards, um, I had been I had reconnected with somebody that I had known since I was 18. Um, Somebody who, you know, they do well for themselves. They seem very independent. Um, A good friend actually helped pull me out of a mud hole uh, about a year prior. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, like so a literal mud hole. Literal. Um, okay. I flooded, I, flooded, I flooded my Mustang. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I said I just hit the gas and uh, it got me far, yeah. but not far enough. So uh, anyway, but this was somebody you trusted. You yeah, had an established relationship with. Absolutely. And um, so it had gotten to where. He was such a bachelor. He's like, hey, come over and help clean my house. Or if we don't, then we can do champagne, have pizza. You can clean or not clean, and I'll give you some money. Netflix and chill, baby. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, but it was a good friendship. You know, I was like, oh, he's lonely. And then he wasn't my type. So I was like, well, maybe, you know, eventually, whatever. But not about that right now. Mm-hmm. You placed him in the friend zone. Exactly. Totally in the friend okay. zone. Great gotcha. company. You know, yeah. Yeah. good guy. Well, I aired my grievances with him, you know. And, um... I was supposed to go over there one day for the second time and clean the house. And um, basically, long story short, is I end up going to sleep, waking up with him on top of me, mm. doing his thing. Wow. And um, so at that time, um, I ended up getting home uh, back to Wendy and her husband and uh, broke down really hard. And like I said, my divorce was finalized just the month prior to that battle had finally ended. And um, so very momentary piece that you had. (laughs) Yes. So uh, talk about how difficult it was not to just. I mean, you finally get out of abusive marriage. You get out of an abusive relationship after your abusive marriage. Yeah. You're finally in a peaceful place. You trust someone just as a friend. It's not yeah. like you jumped into a relationship yeah, with this no. guy. So just talk about how difficult that was mentally to deal with yet another so instance sh- of where you were taken advantage of. I struggled of. so much because I try to be such a strong individual. And a lot of times that plays against me. And so my mind frame was is okay, this happened to me again. I'm not going to let it dictate who I hang out with. I'm not going to be more paranoid. I'm not going to be this and I'm not going to be that. I'm going to keep doing me. And that kind of went the opposite direction. It got to where I was trying to prove it too much to myself. Right. Oh. It felt like, which put me, it made it, put me in dangerous situations, you know. Yeah. Um, so drinking a lot, I had got to where I was drinking a lot again. And at that time, I'd actually met my now husband, um, Ben, and emotionally vomited on him our first date about Aww. everything. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't yeah. take it as a sign of a uh, weakness no! or prey on you. Well, no! that must yeah, have been for very the first, refreshing. I got lucky for the uh, first time ever. Right? Somebody heard your story and didn't yeah. see it yeah. as a way to take advantage. Well, for me, I was just putting it out there, and I figured either way, 
I my fillers were out. I felt pretty on top yeah. of my game when I did it this time, and because I showed up with no makeup on the first date and a throwdown <laughs> T-shirt, got in his truck, and I was like, I'm not wearing no makeup. This is what I look like, and if you don't like it, you can just open your door back up, and I'll go back in the house. Yeah, <laughs> we call that Stop we my. call that membership the FTBS, the Fuck the Bullshit Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> I was like, you're gonna know. Yeah, get it out there. Exactly. And man, I got to tell you, I mean, that was risky. You didn't know Ben was going to be Ben. No. That was I risky. And but you said, I mean, at that point you'd been through some things. Good lord. You probably recognized some red flags mm-hmm. at that point. And um I think the fact that uh that Ben didn't try to take advantage as other people had yeah. and he had the patience to deal with some of the Things that you were going through, because you, like you said, you you had started drinking. Yep. Um, you had started kind of like you said, trying to prove to yourself that that one incident wasn't going to handicap you. Yeah. And maybe took it overboard. Yeah. So, um, Ben had to see through all of that to Mm -hmm. to the you that that he knows and loves, and that's, I mean, like I said, that that's very fortunate. But I think if you look at the pathway of the story that you've told. Um, you, you mentioned it when we were talking through all of this horrible stuff you've been able to stop and see the moments where there was a blessing oh, exactly. and you had several of them mm-hmm. you know you had your friend who'd never left her house show up the day you thought you might kill yourself um, you know you had this relationship established with Wendy Soliday mm-hmm. um, and then you meet Ben and he just so happens to be the right person to to <laughs> put it all on the line for exactly. and um Talk about the difficulty of going through what you went through while how because there's a lot of women who think they'll never do it. They'll never be able to have a normal, healthy relationship. How do you navigate going through everything you've gone through and still nurture and build this relationship? So I've learned for myself the best thing that I can do. And that's just for anybody, but especially a victim um, is being honest with yourself. So honest with yourself. Um, a lot of times you learn behaviors and you learn tics that are not your tics because you pick them up from your abuser and you don't even realize it. Um, controlling behavior, it becomes something that you're lulled into. Um, you don't leave the house. You're not allowed to go hang with your friends so the other partner doesn't do it either. So all of a sudden when you're in an independent, healthy relationship and he's like, hey, I'm going to go shoot pool with my brother, all of a sudden you're like, oh, so you don't care? Like, mm-hmm. what's it about? You know, yeah. you don't know how to do it. Luckily for me, I had a really good friend that anytime I came to work and vented, she'd be like, girl, you're going to come up here and I don't want to hear about you losing that man. Because that's what's going <laughs> <Wow. laughs> Literally. You know? Yeah. And that's so- the, but you know what? That's the unfortunate part. A lot of women who've gone through what you've gone through sabotage good relationships yes. because of everything they've gone through before that. Well, and you're on guard. You're constantly yeah. on guard. You're, you are not acting to your partner as if that's your partner. You're acting on them as if there's somebody else and that's not fair to them. Right. So for me and Ben, thankfully he already had a hobby of himself. You know, he loves to do umpiring as a second job pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so luckily, blessed for me, um, I got to realize that, Hey, 
um, things are not working out like this with us trying to grow together. So I had to use the advantage of his time away and then start making time for myself, which was really hard to learn to do because um, of the uh, the constant urgency to go home and the social anxiety that I was dealing with and PTSD was also pretty overwhelming. So having to learn how to go outdoors and navigate was really hard for me without a male presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to learn to build better friends. I built my circle. I built a strong circle of strong. I made up my mind. I was like, we're not going to have no nonsense friends. I want some strong friends. I want women that I admire is what I decided is I wanted people. So when I changed my people and I changed my circle and I worked on me and I decided to be honest with me about my decisions and my feelings and were they valid, you know, because a lot of times they weren't, my feelings weren't valid. A lot of times I got aggravated over things that were past issues that had no place in my relationship. Right. And it just takes a lot of time before getting mad or getting upset, asking yourself if you are in the right for being upset or if it actually makes sense. Is it actually rational? Because that's what I had to, I literally had to coach myself and break it down and start to look at my patterns and look at my trends and look at me, my, me getting upset and everything. What, why mm-hmm. and it was because of past issues yeah. yeah and i imagine that once you recognize that uh i imagine things for you and ben probably just took off oh yeah hundredfold oh yeah um and that's a beautiful thing so yeah um how w- at what point did you feel like you were in a position where you were ready to help other people who had gone through the things that you were going through so i kind of got a taste of it um whenever I, well my first job back into the workforce after my divorce i worked for an assisted living facility and during there um i'm sorry but working with the elderly they have nothing to lose by being honest to you they <laughs> do not lie <laughs> right so if you're a piece of crap and they don't want you in their room they're gonna tell you to get the heck out because they right. don't like you so you know i got to be around those kind of people and i got to get that feel good back and everything again And once I started gradually working on that part of myself and my self-worth, I could see that being bounced back off on me by the way that the people would look at me and the joy I took and the way the families also loved me. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm getting, you know, and that's whenever Wendy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Holiday, had an opening at a position. She was a site manager at another organization and was like, come on, come on. So when I went to work there and started helping people, it was constant self-growth, man. Just And this organization was so the one similar to what you guys are doing yes, now. Yes, yes. It's similar. helping domestic violence yes, uh, survivors. Exactly. Okay. And so at that point, it was like, hey, let's do more together. Let's make a change. And um, the first step that I actually did take, which was um, not this past December, but the December before, I went ahead and pursued that sexual assault case. And while I got that, as soon as I got that breath... I was like, now or never. And I didn't want to do it, didn't feel like I could do it, but I felt like I don't want to be late. I did it for the woman I wanted to become. Right. That's such a and I want to go backwards. And I want to go backwards just real quick because when you were assaulted by this former friend of yours Mm -hmm. um, and you went to Wendy, they had you go to a hospital, have a rape kit done. Yes. And so the foundation had been laid that exactly that this happened. Oh yeah. Everyone, it was, and there were audio recordings from the police station. They had right. Taken okay. But at that so time, you had a file. Yeah. at and that they had time, clothes and everything. right. Okay. But at that time you chose 
not to press charges. Yes. I went ahead and did what I needed to do. And that, like I said, the same mentality at the time is was I couldn't do it at the time. I mentally could not. I just was like, I cannot. This never happened. I'd rather pretend this didn't happen. Broken record, you name it. I repeated it a million times before I went to the hospital. To, yeah. To be honest with you, I found that kind of surprising that with that evidence, that law enforcement couldn't just <laughs> proceed without you. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How exactly. does that work? Exactly. Well, so... <laughs> He told me, uh, man, I think it's sketchy. So let's just be frankly, you're talking about victim blaming. Right. So, and I kind of share this openly. There was a picture sent, an inappropriate picture, right? Mm -hmm. To a guy that I'd known since I was 18. Right. So because of that, he turned it to he said, she said. Uh, and even though I've got... Um, so because you sent this picture... Along, yes. It must have been consensual, matter. right? That debunked yes. your entire yes. case. Yes. Even though I had a messages where I asked for help from my friends at the time to, to come get me because I right. knew he had guns and it was a really big lockdown house and nowhere to get at, no way to get out. Um, I had to have him take me home. So after. those messages, so that message counted that debunked your case, but yeah. those other messages counted for nothing. Well, and then the screenshot, I've got screenshots too, where he's talking about what happened and it doesn't even make sense. He had tried to, he knew I had PTSD and my nightmares would be so bad that I would kick and scream. And, um, he tried to, he didn't know I was awake during he didn't know that i'd woke up and um so on the way i just told him that i had a stomach ache so he admitted in a text message no he didn't admit it in a text message it oh, was okay. the story wasn't lining up and um he said that i kicked my thong off i said i'm sorry <laughs> but how exactly does that's a stripper move i'm not getting paid right <laughs> like Hold on, i'm trying to figure it was out just how outrageous it was just outrageous exactly exactly i'm a contortionist yeah <laughs> exactly well not only as, as a society law enforcement people and i know it's i know it's a touchy thing man because oh. i know that there's women who i know there's women who make up stories about things like this well, and it's it's so difficult because I, I feel like you should take any accusation seriously yes. and while still respecting innocent while proven guilty. That's but right. I feel like this law enforcement agency that you were dealing with, they had Harris County, <laughs> Harris <laughs> County had more than enough, at least to make an arrest without you being involved. So the funny thing was, I, did, I forgot to mention that he actually, there was a girl that night that um, was a money girl. She liked she uses men. Um, she has a fake GoFundMe for all kinds of stuff. So anyways, mm -hmm. I never met her before, but she was there that night. I had talked to her at the hospital trying to get an address, and she knew something was up. It was awkward. And then she kind of befriended me until I told her what happened. And then when I told her what happened, she started negotiating a price for me to shut up with him. And I do have screenshots of her saying he will contact you with a lawyer. This girl's on probation, wow. rap sheet. And they didn't even call her in to talk to her. Yeah, that's a problem. They, and they, and they, and, and this is, and I've been asking them and following up. They're actually ignoring my phone calls. No one's answering my phone calls or nothing. Yeah. They're not. So I forgot to that. mention, this is still an ongoing case, correct? Yes. This case is still open in Harris County. Yep. What precinct? Um, I don't, uh, Harris County. Oh. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, oh I don't gosh. mind. I, I'm just going to do what we, my mama told me and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. 
<laughs> I mean, and if not, you, Josh, you remember Caitlin's episode? Yes. Very yeah. similar circumstances. Yeah. Very, very similar. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like you said, it's very tragic that these cases, they, they don't get the attention or the resources that they need. Until the woman's dead. Until well, the woman's dead or... Where some, multiple women are dead. It's it's mm-hmm. it. Well, the it's, thing is, is I know the guy does it more than once. Let me tell you. So he's got a setup in spring. Um, he's got a saltwater aquarium for everyone to come look at. Well, yeah, that's he's, a draw. That would totally be a draw for me. Oh you yeah, know? me too. I love the fish. You <laughs> me know. too. So I mean, I'm a kid like that. But you know, a full bar and everything. And so he lets the girls come to crash. All the girls that want to come crash, come crash there. Um, he was even bragging that night that one of his friend's daughter's friends that just graduated were going to be coming over there for the July weekend and hanging out. That's weird. So the way that it happened, very creepy. I'm like, creepy. this isn't, he was way too quick to throw out a bribe, way too quick to be careful on not communicating with me. And he had experience. Yes. He knows what he's doing, doing. this before. Yeah. And I told the police officers that too, but no. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I feel like this needs to be on Netflix. Well, you know, <laughs> that's a, what. What's sad is it's already on Netflix multiple times. There's a For multiple situation stories For like real. this. It's, it, it, it's un, it, I'm sorry. Why you know, is this normalized? Why so is know, this normal? I hate to say it because I feel like I'll let. I mean, I'm going to be devil's advocate. A lot of it also is women that cry wolf that are hurt, and I'm I'm pretty aggravated about it. That yes. cry wolf. That I'm sorry, but they should. They should face the same consequences that somebody that would be charged for assault. I agree with that. I 100%. completely uh, agree. Because then it ruins people like me. Yep. So they look at me and they're like, oh, you're a blonde and need this and that. And you look a certain way and you're a money grubbing. You know what? Oh, and right. I also had messages where the dude was offering me a car, was offering me all this stuff. And I was right. like, no, I would, I'll come clean your house. But yet I'm using him. For like, money. are those not red flags but to the authorities? They're telling me, though, that, that I, this was my objective to get him, to get at him. Right. But yet I'm I have messages where I'm telling like you, you know, could have like, taken advantage of all yes, that. Yes, he wanted to move me and my son in and everything. Yeah, uh, if you wanted money, he was offering it to yes. you. Yes, if you wanted things, he was offering yes. it to you. Yes, and I was like, let me come clean your house instead. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, makes um, no sense. Man. Um. That's just, a you know I just, not, I just noticed Naomi took off her glasses because she got so serious about yeah. it. No, uh, but, you know, <laughs> last week we were talking about problems and issues yeah in the country that are perceived problems perceived issues versus the real issues these are real issues you know um whether or not Pepe Le Pew is in Space Jam <laughs> is not a real issue yeah. <laughs> these are these are real conversations that we really got to have how are we going and you you hit the nail on the head it is because there's a lot of women who cry wolf um and our our judicial system is supposed to be or our you know it's supposed to be innocent before proven guilty but the problem is is that everything's so public now what happens is your whatever you've been deemed in the court of public opinion sticks to you yep and take it from me i know this from someone who was accused of doing something that he didn't do yeah it sticks people don't it, pay attention to the fact that no. That case got thrown out yeah. because yeah. the it evidence was bogus. I've, I've got another friend from high school, and he went to jail for two years for statutory rape. Mm-hmm. But that was a good relationship until he wanted to break up with her. She was a good friend of mine also. They were both mutual friends. Yeah. And, um, and she got pissed off. And she just she ratted him out to the police. And mm-hmm. he couldn't do shit 
about it. It yeah. was her word versus his. Yeah. They had a fine relationship until one of them got mad. You know, yeah. the younger. I think I just, that's where it that's where off. you have to leave bias out. You look yeah. at Minnie's situation. She had a rape kit done. She had all this circumstantial evidence. She had. And Wendy was there when he dropped me off. Uh, right. Why isn't this given <laughs> more? So that's that's a good question to ask Harris County. If I were an investigative reporter, those that's, it, those are the questions I would have. It's it, like we go back to it again. It's not just Harris County. This yeah. is a no. It's pandemic. Oh. If we want to say pandemic, this is worldwide. Yeah. yeah, this is an epidemic that goes on daily. I I'm, I guarantee you, right now, somebody's in this situation as we talk. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there's. I feel like a lot Nothing of people, they can do. I feel like yeah. a lot of people they they don't care about it because it's not their problem. But it's not their problem until it's their daughter, right? Or oh until yeah, absolutely. It's Ain't that the truth? Or their yeah. mother? You know, I mean, it's easy for people to turn a blind eye to these things or not to feel really. Honestly, that's about most it. things, right? You yes, know, you see people absolutely. you see people advocating for things, asking yeah. for donations. Like, I mean, here we are talking about universal agape yeah. love, and there may be somebody who, up to this point, has not been affected by any of this. Yeah. Um, but heaven forbid, two, three years down the line, like you said, it's their daughter, it's their sister, their mother. All of a sudden, it's something that touches them, and they're like, "Oh man, I maybe I could have done more." Yeah. Um, I hope I hope that nobody ever ends up in that situation. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about universal agape love because you guys are trying to provide a resource that the women we're talking about right now don't have somewhere where they can go. And be taken seriously, um, be taken in, given someone to talk to, given the resources to be able to leave if they're in a violent or dangerous situation. That's what you didn't have that you wish you would have had. And you said, I'm going to provide this for women now. So give us a little bit of detail on what you guys do now and what you plan on doing in the future. So right now we have a counseling center. Um, we have a couple of counselors that are working with us and working with our clients. Um, they do all kinds of therapy. Um, we even have a counselor, our CEO, she does some pastoral counseling as well for those that want to have something with a little bit more of a faith touch. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have a thrift store as well. Uh, the thrift store, Ooh. all the, right? Woo. Um, so and the thrift th- store is open to everyone? Yes. Oh, that's, I'm there. <laughs> and they're like swimwear. Uh, right. <laughs> so, and yeah, all those proceeds go, go back, back to. Go back into funding for the, commu- the services that we provide for the community. Um, we do food drives out in the community as well. Uh, we do referral services. So if we can't help you, we will try our darndest to find someone who can. We will find somewhere to send you. We'll find a way to get you what you need. Um, then we also are coming up with vocational classes. We'll have a, a, somebody to teach phlebotomy. We have a, a chef to come on to give certificates for cooking and things of that nature. Excellent. Um we also have um, legal advocacy. So we have somebody there, Miss Wendy Soliday, actually. She goes with the victims to court if they need that emotional support. Um, she helps navigate them to understand the judicial system, things that may be unjust, may be ways that we can finagle, find a better route. That um, is so important. Yes, it is. Um, because that is so important. Because the justice system is not victim-friendly at all. Yeah, and there's there's loopholes. There's, um, in the legal system, if you don't cross every T and dot every I, one little misstep or oversight can throw an entire thing out the window. It's one of my favorite sayings: "Is what you don't know 
you don't know. That's yeah. right. You don't even know if it's until a, you a don't thing. know. You don't know it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And until you're already taken advantage of. Yeah. And then you're like, and in oh, situations well, like yeah. this, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove in court. That's right. And yeah. that's the misfortune of it. And that's why um, you read the statistics. Uh, overwhelmingly, uh, more people get away with sexual assault or rape um, than are actually caught and punished for it. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, that's got, that's got to change. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish I could sit here and tell everybody I have the solution. This is what you should do. Um, because you, you know, you do want to take every accusation seriously. Like I said, while still maintaining innocent until proven guilty, but the ones where it's right in front of your face, the ones like this, the ones where people turn a blind eye purposely, those are the ones that get me. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a situation where there's no physical evidence and the circumstantial evidence is cloudy, you know, you want to have sympathy for that young man or young woman, whoever was the victim, um, and try to help them navigate through that. But for the ones where justice can be achieved and the people who are s- supposed to be protecting and serving us are just turning a blind eye to it, that's the one that <sighs> that's the one that, that irks me. Yeah. Because Unfortunately, like you said, there's too many stories where that's happened. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Well, so the legal advice that you guys are offering, that's yeah, that's invaluable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, especially whenever you are a victim, somebody who finally decides to speak up, it's really hard for me as being a founder whenever I've gone through what I've gone through in this specific case, specifically, and they are an assault victim, and they come and they're like, what do I do? I want to get justice. I can't look at them very well and say you're going to get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Especially not... That would really be unfair of you for to tell them that. Right, right. I mean, so I do got to say, but I'm glad, though, that everything happens for a reason. So if I don't get the justice yeah. for it, I've at least said my piece. So if somebody comes and they're like, well, am I going to get it? No, you may not. But at least you'll do it for you and it's out of the way. And you've done that for you. Yes. And I never had done anything for myself until that case. Yeah. So I decided to do it and that's what happened. And I knew it going in. And uh, is what it is, but I'll keep fighting. So. Okay. So Universal Agape Love is the name of the organization. I want to shout out um, your co-founders. We've got Stephanie Montgomery, Montgomery Wendy Soliday, and Marina Jones. That's right. So it's the four of you. Um, and you guys had your first annual uh, fundraiser event, which was a night of fine dining, dancing, entertainment, uh, and I believe you guys charged $100 a ticket. Yes. And that, all of that money was to raise money for the services That's right. that you guys talked about. And um, hopefully that event will keep growing. You don't know when you're going to do it again this year, but the plan yeah. is to do it annually. And it's in Dayton, which we just discovered you can get from Deer Park or Dayton to Deer Park in about 22 minutes. So it's not that oh, big no, of a drive. Oh, no, Dayton. Baytown. Oh, you were in Baytown. I thought you were in Dayton when you came here. No, yeah, there I was, was in no Baytown. way you got from Dayton to here in twenty minutes. That's what I was gonna say. Like, how fast were you driving? She so took, you got. She took her private jet here, Dick. That's what okay. She <laughs> I thought you were in Dayton when I you had came a here. So it was like twenty-two <laughs> minutes. That's impressive. And y'all, I'm okay. I'm following Universal Agape Love on Facebook right now. Look them yep. up on Facebook, and so that you can keep in touch with their future fundraisers, their thrift shop, anything that you can do to help out this organization. And it would be much appreciated. For sure. And if you want to put your money where your mouth is, they'll take your money. Um, (laughs) uh, I just wanted to throw out their uh, PayPal account is at universalagapelove.org. Or if you want to Venmo, it's at V-A-L 
Is it dash nonprofit or just UAL? I'm sorry, you. That makes more sense. He can't read his handwriting. UAL. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Nonprofit uh, or Cash App is dollar sign UAL nonprofit. And, um, you know, it's one of those places where we, when we're, whenever we're trying to do something to raise money uh, to help people, if you know it's going somewhere local and you can trace where it's going and you can see the results of what's happening, because a lot of places will say, hey, send us money and you don't know where it's going. Yeah. Well, I think you guys are doing a great job of being transparent about what you guys are doing with your funds. And I know in the future, you guys are hoping to open up an actual, I don't want to call it a shelter, but a living space. Yes, yes. We want to do uh, transitional living. One of the main things that I'm obviously for personal reasons, I'm really hoping that we get a place for some of the children that have aged out right. of foster mm-hmm. care. And the goal for that is we're going to be networking with a bank we've already spoke to to help with credit. Um, so they can learn how to maintain their credit, mm-hmm. um, balance a checkbook. They should teach that in regular and, school. Uh, yes, we yeah. want to. Good luck. Yeah. The whole thing is to have a holistic approach with them and yeah. um, really help as much as we can with those kids. Because from what I understand, I believe there's over 50,000 homeless children in Houston. Yeah. Financial independence is the power. That's right. How many women would absolutely leave their situation if they knew they could secure That's right. the financial independence? Absolutely. It's such a... It's such a big thing. I've talked to since since speaking to Caitlin, you know, I've spoken to many women who have sim- similar stories to yours. And then one of the biggest reasons they said that they couldn't leave is because they didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. They didn't have any money. They, you know, they knew they'd ha- they'd end up right back. Yeah. Um, and so to teach to teach financial independency, financial literacy, to teach, um, you know, give them legal advice. I mean, that's. That's that's a game changer. Yeah. And I think it's you guys, the fact that you're offering that, uh, we wish you nothing but the best. We hope it continues to grow. I've already, I don't know if you remember this, but this was about a year ago. I contacted you about um, someone who had heard Caitlin's episode and reached out to me unexpectedly and they needed somewhere to go. They needed yeah. a way out. And I, I called you and I got a couple of different resources from you at the time. And um, I don't know how much the information I gave her helped, but you know, I still follow her story about a year later and she's doing very well. Good. And, um, it's, it's possible. It's the same thing we said at the end of Caitlin's episode, because I didn't understand when I first talked to Caitlin, like I said, I didn't have a lot of experiences. I didn't understand. I, and a lot of people who aren't familiar with this, we asked the same question. Well, why didn't you just leave? Yeah. Why didn't you just leave? Just get up and leave. I didn't really understand that. The reason you don't leave more times than not is up here. Yeah. Because I told Caitlin, I said, well, the day you did leave, all those reasons that you said you couldn't leave, they still existed. But at that point, you decided I'm going to do what I formerly felt was impossible. Yeah. And I'm just going to go. It's a mind it shift. You, yeah. yeah. You let, it lets you know that what you thought was impossible is not impossible. So that's the message that I hope, once again, that anybody listening to this gets. If you're in that situation get out there are resources available um no many, person many is, is there, worth putting yourself through that absolutely not no person absolutely not um many if is there any direct contact that people can get to you i don't i don't want to throw out any of your personal information but i don't know if you keep a business line or a business um, email so yeah i have a business email if anybody would like to email me it's at m wood at universal agape, A-G-A-P-E, dot com. Okay. 
And there she's taking donations. Wait, <laughs> .org. Is it a dot .org? Okay, so it's M Wood at Universal Agape Love yes. .org? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, um, it's, that's a hard phone call to make, I imagine, or a hard, a hard email to send. Yeah. Um, but that's the first step is reaching out. One small step. And asking for takes. help. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, many I applaud you and your friends um, for trying to give these women a, a, a resource and a place to go. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I wish you guys the best. And I'm glad we met. I glad, mm-hmm. I'm glad that our connections intertwined and, and brought us to this place. And um, Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Yeah. I love the stories that have a positive ending. And I, I sit here and I look at you and... You're, you're, I, I told you when we were talking on the phone, you were supposed to be a statistic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you weren't supposed it. to be in a healthy relationship, oh. working, making a living, sober. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to be your path, but you're an example to all those people going through these things of what is possible. You just got to keep trying. You just yeah. don't give up. You got to keep putting front, one foot in front of the other, and if it becomes too much, just do one step at a time. Make those goals. Small yes. little goal. And honestly, a support system oh, yeah. is important. If yeah. you, you know, if anybody's listening and they have a loved one that they've separated from because they felt like they couldn't deal with the things that they were going through, you are the key to helping them get out of that. And I know it's taxing emotionally. I know it's taxing sometimes monetarily, financially. Um, but having a support system is is a huge factor. Yes, and if being you able to come have a this. neighbor, or have a family member, or you're a teacher and you have a student, you know, you don't need. All it takes is just one question: like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. there mm-hmm. anything you need help with? And just just start there. Yeah. Don't don't think so far in the future and freak yourself out. And yeah. You, you know, don't worry about all that stuff. Just ask them. Check in with your people. Yeah. And take so. a step further and listen. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't you don't you don't have to be that first thing to ask the question. Yeah. Listen to people. Um like you said, they they um they kind of drop hints and, and stuff like that for people to pick up on. As much as they can, yeah. As much as they can. Uh for sure. you know, even hear these stories of um I think there was a lady in a couple years back when she was ordering a pizza and she had called the pizza place and it was actually the police and she was describing um, having to order a pizza to get out of the, the home. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I say that, like I said, listen listen to when people talk. Don't just, don't be that friend that's like, oh, well, you know, it happened yeah. or something like that. Listen listen to your friends. Listen to For your sure. family. Listen to what's going on and be that friend. Um, be that, that, that Wendy. Um, <laughs> yeah, for and, sure. And take, take action. Yeah, because many of you know, like you said, some people feel like, oh, that's not my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not my problem. Like yeah. the difference between you speaking up and saying something or doing something, it's a life and death situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, I- I'm glad we can share your story and I hope that it inspires other people to make some changes or to maybe keep fighting. And, and maybe it inspires someone who knows someone who's in a similar situation who'd given up on them, like be that support system. Yeah. Because this is what can happen when you have that. And, you know, and, and it's, it's up to, you had to take a certain amount of control over your life yeah. as well. Um, but to those who are struggling to do that, it is possible. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope something positive for anyone who listens comes from it. Um, even if it's just, hey, a sobering thought of this is what's going on in the world and I need to be more aware of it. Um, 
I'll tell you what. Let's get an ad really quick for Myriad Mobile. And while that's running, we'll discuss what we want to do on our specialty segment. Ooh. Hey, guys. It's Nick Stevenson again. Here to tell you about my friend Brian Wells and his mobile welding and mobile mechanic service, Myriad Mobile. Brian has been welding for over 20 years, and he will let his work speak for itself. Welding repairs, whether they're industrial or residential, wrought iron fencing, he can repair that old rusty fence and repaint it, or he'll even build you a new one. Oh, and in case you missed it, that's right. I also said that Brian offers mobile mechanic services. You need a part changed? Your brakes or your oil changed? Why not do it from the comfort of your own home? Myriad Mobile will come to you. So whether it's an industrial or residential welding repair, or you need a new fence, or you don't want to drive or have your car towed to the mechanic shop, then call my friend Brian Wells at Myriad Mobile. The number to call is 713-538-6938. That's 713-538-6938. Myriad Mobile, welding and car repair. Tell them that Nick from the Smells Like Middle Age Spirit podcast sent you. <laughs> All righty. Uh, you guys give Brian Wells at Myriad Mobile Welding and Car Repair a call for all of your welding and car repair needs. And he will go anywhere in the city of Houston. Josh, you asked a very good question that uh, I forgot to ask. Good good, good catch there, buddy. Uh, you asked many, I'm here. where did you guys get the name Universal Agape Love? <laughs> and I grew up in church, so I kind of knew what that meant. But other people may not understand. So. Yeah. Where did you guys get the name from? Agape is actually a term used in the Bible, which is like a transcending love, just unconditional, boundless love. And that's really what we try to convey to people. And that's what we, we try to instill in our organization is just a endless love support. And that's where we got our name from, was from her father actually was a minister and universal agape love was something he really loved and she wanted it and that's just our motto is just to unconditionally love everybody right. and show support and so i was like agape uh, i love that yeah. so we all oh, yeah <laughs> I love it. beautiful beautiful cool. yeah so that is um that's what you guys are all about it's that love that you give to everybody even a complete stranger you recognize it's the human. It's the human. You yeah. love some, someone for their humanity. That's right. And that's a that's a beautiful thing. So as far as the specialty <laughs> segment, we kind of struggled with this one because I told you what some of our specialty segments were, um, and none of them really kind of fit. Yeah, you know, because we didn't respectfully. Respectfully, we didn't want to do dad jokes. Um, we don't have a hype gorilla rant anymore. Chris Khan wasn't here for conspiracies. We just did spit talking with Poet Lady Key last week. Um, oftentimes we'll just spin a wheel and talk about, I, I like to help people get to know, cause we got to know like your story and the, you know, the, the struggles that you went through, but I'm sure that you've not allowed that, what you went through as far as abuse to define who you are. I'm sure Minnie has some personality, some qualities aside from the things that she's gone through. Um, I'm very animated. Have you ever sung karaoke before? <laughs> Y'all are killing me. Did you, were you, are you That's a big ask. That's a big ask. Like, we're strangers. We haven't given you a drink of any kind. Wow, Nick. You gonna make that joke right now? She told me she still drinks um, socially on occasion. Okay. okay. When she was forced to sing karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. We're not gonna force you to sing karaoke. Did you not just miss the, the whole bring, discussion we just had, Nick? Let me bring up the tiny wheel. What's on the tiny wheel? The tiny wheel. The tiny I wheel. I like the tiny wheel. You wanna go ahead and Bluetooth it over here so it makes that tick? 
Sure. No? I think a lot of these we've already done. That's sad. But that's okay because Minnie wasn't here for it. <laughs> Great. Let's see. Really you know what? You, you know, know what? what? I got. I got. I got. Next time, next one of these episodes coming up. We got a couple more for this season. Uh huh. We're gonna do a specific one. You know how they have the the car karaoke. Uh huh. We're gonna do the same thing. It's just gonna be a whole okay. episode. I like that of idea. Karaoke. I like that idea. And the first person is gonna do it. Naomi. Did you hear that? I said Naomi. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> first time. Okay. This I got a question for you. We we've debated this a few times. What do you think the best decade in music was? Oh my god. Nick. I've got the next question. So <laughs> okay, cool. Oh cool. my god, that's so hard though because like in rap, I would say ooh, like See what she starts off with early nineties. Nick's, Nick's already like yes. <laughs> wait, you say early nineties or late? Oh wait, 90s? no, 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 no. Late nineties, early two thousands. No, not early two thousands. No. Um, I would <laughs> say mid nineties. Okay. Yeah. About so late nineties. For yeah. hip hop, yeah. Okay, yeah. What other genres of music do you like? Um, like old school country. I've got a plethora of music. Okay, so <laughs> oh, country, yes. country. I can't listen to any country past nineteen ninety eight. Okay, so like I like Marty Robbins, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. Patsy. Maybe Klein. some early two thousands, but depends on who. Two thousand four gets really fuzzy. Yeah, it stopped oh, yeah, being country. That's horrible. It stopped being country. I'm an I like you know I like Johnny Cash. I like old I school love how George he, Strait. He transcends Johnny Cash transcends genres. Like oh, I yeah. think of Johnny Cash, I think of rockabilly. Like he yeah. literally. My dog's name is Johnny Cash. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. which my husband thought yeah. it was it was a Johnny Cash song, and I'm like, hell no, that was Nine Inch Nails. He was singing. Yeah. And yeah. It, there's actually an interview with. Trent Windsor that's actually said oh, yeah. that he actually likes Johnny Cash's version over oh, his yeah. own. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah. I, 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 when it comes to country True music, um, I try not to be that old head who's like back in my day, <laughs> but but you do. Man, I, 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 I can't. I couldn't even tell you a country artist right now. Like anybody. There's I a couldn't tell you who they are. Right I know like a couple because I saw a commercial last night. It was naming off. <laughs> they're some singing. Country they're singing people. pop music with a with a southern accent. Music. You don't know if you're allowed. You can say whatever you I want. Like, I love Morgan Wallen. Yes, okay. I've never heard. I've I never. Love Morgan I don't Wallen. I've never heard a single one of his songs. I don't good, know. He's got some pretty oh, it's a sexy he? songs. Does he? Okay, <laughs> yeah. he's good. Yeah, that's the guy who got in trouble for using a racial slur. Yeah, not that long ago. I wouldn't know. I it don't know anything it about was, country. It was a slight racial slur. <laughs> he said it, he said the no word su- that every rapper has said for, since the beginning. There's no such thing as a slight racial slur. Well, they said that he didn't. Maybe it wasn't in that context. They said they See, said it was. A, that's a whole nother. That's a whole uh, nother. They episode. said it was in a bro way. See? I'm not gonna touch. But you're that. talking. To, you're talking to somebody who thinks that word needs yeah. to disappear forever. That's true. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. You're talking yeah. to somebody who believes that word yeah. needs to disappear for everybody. Yeah. But anyway, that's. What's That's the, the only reason I've never heard with? a single one of his songs. Ironically, the first time I listened to his song was when that came out because I was like, okay, let me check it out. Let, let me check it out. out. Let me hear it. And I think his downloads like went crazy after that. Yeah. It was a media was, stunt. Because he was in the news. <laughs> yeah, it's like it Dr. Worked. Seuss. Dr. Seuss is like, hey, nobody's oh talked about God, us in a while. Really? Nobody's <laughs> talked about us in a while. This Let's cancel some books. episode in the row that you have said Dr. Seuss. No, I just said you Dr. are so hurt. I with said Doctor Seuss a lot in the last. You episode. are so hurt. I'm by saying that. that that was a ploy. <laughs> no, Doctor Seuss Nick. was like, "Hey, when's the last time anybody talked about Doctor Seuss?" Doctor Seuss said, "Hey, you know what we should do? 
we have some pretty racially insensitive things in some of these old books. Let's as, cancel them. As the and that's going to make show. people go nuts. And it did. You know, Dr. Seuss is dead, People right? started. People, as the, as the I'm talking about the production. Show, we're no longer bringing up Dr. Seuss. No, look, Listen, because no all Dr. of a sudden, zone. look, all of a sudden people were buying green eggs and ham again. They were buying the cat in the hat. They were buying up all the Dr. Seuss books. It's all about one fish, two Nobody, fish, red fish, blue fish. Everybody knows okay. this. No, it's and where no, the places you will go. But the controversy is what. I think I think they did that on purpose. They're like, hey, let's stir some shit up. Nobody's talked about Dr. Seuss since that awful Cat in the Hat movie that Mike Myers was in. Hey, that's a good movie. That movie was terrible. That movie is, I like it. You, okay. Josh, you know, you're so, going to like so you're a little bit of a hip hop fan. That okay. movie is the exact same reason why they will not do any more live action Disney movie or uh, Dr. Seuss movies. Yeah, it was that, terrible. Yeah, it was awful. his family his family hated it so much that they're no longer do. Yeah. <laughs> Live action. It was, Dr. It was Seuss bad. Dr. So, Seuss's family hated us. So yeah, much? <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I so like in hip hop, this is a question we've discussed. Like, give us your top five of all time. Top five. Your top five. Let oh me go ahead and give you one hint. If you turn around, look over your right hand shoulder. That should probably be in oh, your yeah. top. Yeah, bonus point. But I mean, like Biggie, of course. Oh my god. I mean, those are like my old like school Biggie. ones. Yeah. Like you just became Nick's best friend. I just want to like give him a Biggie's hug. number one to me. Just, it's kind of I know his catalog past that right now. I know his I've been catalog. listening to him so much. <laughs> I know his catalog is not b- big, but that's not his fault. But no, no impact, pun intended. He literally oh. <laughs> He literally made <laughs> literally made two albums and like, like you know. He made more than two albums. He only, no, he made two albums. Yeah. Okay. Let me get a fact check over here. You I mean, he's got some talks amongst yourself. He's yeah. got some mixtapes and some underground stuff, but he made two albums. Yeah, but EPs. still. So okay, you got Biggie, Tupac. Extended I think that's place. obvious. That's probably yeah. those two names usually are at least in everybody's top ten. Who else yeah. you got? So it's kind of I like Gucci Mane. Okay. <laughs> I definitely would not put him in the top. I know, but I like him. I, I, I wouldn't okay. expect the Gucci okay, Mane to come out Gucci of your Mane, mouth. Gucci, <laughs> no, tell Gucci Mane has good music. I wouldn't qualify he him as like, rhythm. I like an rhythm. MC. I, I, right. I like a lot of trap. Oh, so, yeah, right. yeah. So, so hip-hop, that's the thing. I, I was talking to my son about this. The real stars of hip-hop these days are the producers who make the beats. Oh, yeah, it's the beats. Because... There's not a whole lot of people only who the are, are lyrically crap anyway. right. <laughs> there's not a lot of bitches and hoes and rims so many times until right. There's not a lot of people who are that lyrically gifted. I am in all about the beats. Sit in my car Same. with my surround sound. Okay. I love it in my car. My little happy. So Gucci Mane is good space. for that. That's oh, yeah. a good. Okay, yeah. who else you got? Um. Well, then I turn. Then I switch to rock. It's like I kind of navigate between okay. them. Yeah, me too. No, I really love in this moment. Oh, okay. You're okay. gonna love my wife. My wife absolutely loves them. I've never heard of them. I have, a, picture, I have them. a picture with her. Mm-hmm. I met her in VIP. I paid for it myself. I was like, Ben, we're going. <laughs> there's two people. That yeah. There's she wants to meet her, and the other one was Kevin Gates, and we met him. Oh yeah, a couple years Kevin ago. Too. Yeah. Okay, he's pretty good. Um, I've never heard of him in this moment. Check she's, them out. Ooh, she's good. She's hot. Yeah. Is it a? It's a band. <laughs> it's a band. Okay, and it's she's a, a, and she actually did she win a Grammy. I think or she, she was did. nominated for a Grammy. Okay, um, I'm always like to be introduced to music, so that's uh, good. She does a lot of. Um, who did she just work with? Um, Papa Roach. She has a song called yep. Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope's very with good. Papa Roach. Okay. Yeah. So it's a uh, yeah. it's a rock group. Yeah, yes. it's a rock okay. group. She's very Papa activist. Roach. That brings back memories. She's like kind of like an activist <laughs> for for women. Uh, okay. She actually has a background story as well, um, which is cool. Like yeah. I'm down with that. So I, am I. I yeah, yeah, she I'm was nominated for her first Grammy in November 2020. 
um, for best, and she's actually considered metal uh, yeah. performance oh, okay. category. Yes. So, like, actually, whenever I was going through the thick of my stuff, I listened to a lot of her. And actually, it, it made okay. my ex-husband mad. Really? Because yes. it was too empowering? It was. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was. You can't be like, listening to no. these empowering women. like, why oh. are you listening to her again? Why are you listening to Beyonce? Yeah. She's a metal singer, and she's an independent woman and a frontman front or a front woman for a metal band. Like, how yeah. much more... I dig it. That's, That's badass. She's yeah. awesome. I dig it. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna listen to it. It's and good. She goes to um, blues too. Okay, so I'm gonna let's see. I think so. You're you, what we've gathered about Minnie is she's a old school hip hop <laughs> rock loving, uh, just having a good time. I hear. Yeah. You, I hear music about. lover. That's what I hear. I just yeah. love all kinds of music. That's, I'm always surfing for new music. Yep, that's, that's me too. Good. Um, yeah. just not country. Ben like any music that you think he might be embarrassed of you to tell me. Justin Timberlake. I like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> he loves Man in the Mirror. Man. Oh, he does sing that song. Oh, he's going to kill me. Yeah, he was totally. <laughs> I'm not going to bring this up at work. Like, okay. this will just be me and his so little you know secret. That, you know that song, Slow Hand? Um, <sighs> dripping you down that have. dirty laundry. Dun, 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 I don't know. Why don't we call him? He can sing it for us. It's yeah, let's just Slow Hands. hands. <laughs> dripping. Something dirty laundry. I only know slow hands. Okay. He literally sings Nothing that you can tell me. I'm not. He shouldn't be embarrassed because what you like is what you like. I grew oh, up. Yeah. I grew up listening to NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, and I listened to Bye-bye. Barbie Girl. Like I ain't. Ah, I listened to what I wanted to listen to, and like oh, I got, sh- how did I not shout out to Shine Down? That's our, like our go to concert. Shine Down. Okay, but, I dig them. But Ben doesn't Scott alter Bar. his playlist. <laughs> Right. For the past five years, he's not. So really you think he'd be playlist. embarrassed? <laughs> you think he'd be embarrassed if I knew he liked JT? Because I, I, me yeah. and my wife went to go see yeah. JT in concert. Who doesn't like, like JT? So it's literally like the man in the mirror. That right. that's one of his from one of his Michael Jackson. No, uh, Justin Timberlake does mirrors. Like a rendition. Oh, yeah, oh mirrors. mirrors. That's mirrors. What okay. Mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good song. Yeah. So no, no, no. And that concert was awesome. I like, think Justin Timberlake's best years are everything post and sync. Because he was Absolutely. able, oh, he yeah. was able to write what he wanted to produce what he wanted. And he was actually yeah. himself instead of being well, a cookie up. cutter and right. yeah. little thing. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think he also owes a lot of his success to Timberland and the Neptunes. I I agree with that because yeah, Justin that Timberlake, album, Justin yes. Timberlake was not the most talented member of NSYNC. No, he was the most popular. He had the curliest hair though. Curliest hair looked like <laughs> looked like ramen <laughs> looked like noodles. Ramen noodles. <laughs> and you <have> no, hair. <laughs> no, but. I mean, to be honest with you, that, there was that's a whole other debate. Ramen noodles, though, man. Like Justin Timberlake would not be I'm the hungry. Justin Timberlake we know. <laughs> yeah, without the, Timberland and the Neptune. That first album, um, that was Crime Crime Rivers on. Yes. If if Timberland did not produce that, it may have been something. Yeah, and the Neptunes were were big on there too. Yeah, for real. But um, yeah, I don't think he should be in. Now I know that there's other people who would give him shit about that. I'm not one of those guys. Me and Ben could probably hang out, and he didn't even know it. Like we'd be cool. Oh yeah, we sh- we can shoot pool. Yeah. Real Willie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they'd love that. Yeah, we'll go shoot some pool. We'll jam some come. JT while we're doing it. Oh yeah. yeah, man. Do you like shuffleboard? Let's do it. I love me too. Shuffleboard. I can never find anybody to play with. <gasps> I love it. I love shuffleboard. The hard too. part is finding a place to go play. Okay, I Ben. I play cards. Ben, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, I don't know what's written in the rules of our work about co-mingling with your subordinates. <laughs> But I mean, we're a family. It's a family-owned business. They they keep things light. Yeah. Uh, why don't we give him a call, Nick? Come on, Ben. Nah, I'm not gonna give him a call. <laughs> no, he's on the field. He's, he's on the field right now. Oh, come on. Yeah. He's probably getting yelled at by some coach. 
We don't want to. <laughs> no, but I'm, I mean, I mean, I I feel yeah. like after talking to you, I was like, man, I should. I'm not gonna give him. I'm, I might give him like a little bro hug with a little bit of dap next time I yeah, see him. Yeah. It'll be more than you the, do a good how game. are you doing, sir? Huh? You can do a good game to him. No, no I that'll probably I'd probably be in HR if I, I did that. So no. <laughs> I do good game too much. He walks around like this all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. If he goes okay. up the stairs, he hears me. <laughs> I, yeah, no. I see a That's booty. Awesome. I got to smack it. Say boo. I got to smack it. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, I, I want to tell you the same thing I tell everybody who comes on the show. When you come on here, we want you to feel like your family, your squad, you're part of it. We hope you'll continue to listen to us. Can I get and a t-shirt? Yeah, I'll send you a t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah, yes. for sure. I'm That's gonna send the only you just came on here next year. She's like, I'm going to get that I'm t-shirt when t-shirt. I leave. Yeah, I'm going to send you a t-shirt. When y'all get those lighters, I want one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get t-shirt, <laughs> yeah, lighter, lighters. coffee cups. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore, but I still want one. <laughs> well, we're working on candles. doing. I, I don't smoke, but I always have a lighter on me because people always ask me for a lighter. Like, I guess I look like I smoke. Well, what if you <laughs> have You do have that image. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks. You but not the breath <laughs> <laughs> or the smelly. <laughs> Sorry, I but was no. What we actually what we need to do is get a working inventory going, so I could just rip a shirt out of the closet for you. That's what I'm saying. We need a, gr- a treasure box. A treasure box. <gasps> I like that. We gotta idea. put it on the wheel. Yes, I like that oh, idea. That would be cool. I like you that idea. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. This is what you get out of the treasure box. Treasure box. Or you can have a guest spin the wheel, and one of the viewers that comment can win the prize. Okay, oh. I like that too. See, this is why we needed women on this show, bro. <laughs> hey. They come, they bring the ideas. Well, Naomi I, has been like a. I noticed thing. that the the ideas are kind of flowing when we don't have one person here. So I mean, <laughs> I'm maybe. Oh, by the way, our producer, our other producer, is also an employee. That Ben is also his boss. Oh, so I'm sad funny. he wasn't here today. I, he's the boss <laughs> of everybody. I'm like. <laughs> What? <laughs> like we actually He's got to be the boss here Because he's not the boss at home actually, Now is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Ben's, Ben's I'm just kidding Ben's, Well I know But he's unwavering He's an oak Yes <laughs> I, I, I imagine I imagine Ben being the boss at home We, have to, we have to be bosses in our own You know Lane And then <laughs> right. Absolutely Absolutely That's how Make it works consensus <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. All righty. Well, Minnie, thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Thank you for your patience. Uh, It's been an interesting week, but we're trying to slowly but surely get back on this train. We want to thank all of our sponsors. And please reach out to our sponsors if you need any of the services they provide. And if you're a listener and you don't watch the YouTube channel, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Just check it out. It's fun. You get to see our beautiful faces. Uh, If you're a YouTube viewer and... It's, it's much more safe to listen while you're driving. Don't have YouTube on and watching while you're driving. Like, get in your car, <laughs> flip over to Apple Podcasts the or Google Podcasts. you Podcast have to say that right or now. Or Spotify. But it's true. <laughs> it's sad, but true. It's true. I don't want to be responsible for any accidents. You say um, that, but I'm the one that has our podcast playing on my center <laughs> console on YouTube to make sure that I look and sound good. <laughs> don't do that, Josh. Tell people if your I knew your middle name. <laughs> Don't William. do that, Josh. It's William. Joshua <laughs> William Beard. Don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, guys, wherever you like to listen, wherever you love to listen, we appreciate you so much. Please subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Let us know what you think about the show. Give us some input because this is a podcast by the people and for the people. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get out of here. And once again, I want to thank our special guest, Minnie Wood. I'm going to... Excuse me, for my producer, Josh Beard, I am Nick Stevenson. 
And I am Naomi Richardson, and I will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast. For more show content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to visit spiritswagstore.com for everything you need to rep your favorite podcast in style.